0: Welcome to Entrepreneur Conundrum with Virginia Purnell, where growing entrepreneurs share how they get visible online. Hi, everyone. Today I'm talking with Amanda Neely about how she helps others secure their future financially. Amanda is a certified financial planner who uses her years of experience in business growth to develop personalized financial strategies for individuals, couples, and entrepreneurs. She works with people to find their unique path to financial freedom. Welcome, Amanda.
1: Thanks for having me. It's great to be here.
0: So how did you get into the world of finance and to be out on your own?
1: Yeah, And I never thought I would be in this industry. I've always been an activist, right? I forced my parents to start recycling when I was uh, in middle school. Um, after I left college, right, I mo- went straight to the nonprofit sector, loved it there. But there, there was this thing I learned about how business can make the world a better place that drew me to entrepreneurship. And my husband and I started our own business. Um, It was a brick and mortar uh, mom and pop coffee shop in downtown Chicago. And like I thought I knew everything financially. Right. I had the books. I followed all the things you're supposed to do. And then I met a certified financial planner. I don't remember ever meeting one before, right? I just read books, you know, listened to what conventional thinking was and followed that. And he just opened my eyes, opened my world to, oh, there's all these things that they don't tell you in the books that you have to know the right person or find the right books. They're not so conventional and it totally transformed how we did business it helped us find a lot more satisfaction in business it was amazing like the work that we did with him and so when we were selling that business i was like what are we going to do now we can't we're unemployable we can't go work for somebody else we're starting our family that was part of why we sold the business right we got to find something we can do and still raise our kid the way we want to and we thought, well, what's made the biggest difference in our lives, and we could keep making that difference for other people, and we we immediately thought of the work we had done with that uh, certified financial planner, and we're like, okay, we're doing it. Let's go do it. So you both both got certified. Um, just me. My husband has other licenses and does other things, or like does the same thing I do, but I it don't we only it only really made sense for me to do it for for you know I can we it's like we still work as a firm. I still look at everything he does. He still looks at everything I do. We're a team. We didn't both need to pay all that money and do all that studying.
0: Well, I didn't know if one of you, you just went in different directions with it, right? Different focuses. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: how do you get in front of new people? So a long time ago, it feels like 2009, I started my first blog and It was really just to share the journey of starting that first business. I wanted to include my community in it. I wanted to, you know, document it. So I just started blogging about, oh, today we filed our articles of incorporation, right? Like really boring stuff. But it was, I felt like I get to bring people along. They got to feel like they were part of it. And since then, content marketing has been my jam. I just love it so much. So moved from blogging into podcasting. And then we're like, well, for creating a podcast, you might as well put it on YouTube as well. And so um, and then the pandemic hit. So it's like, yeah, more people are watching YouTube. So I just I have been doing content marketing. And then along with that, it's kind of natural to do email marketing as well, because you got to, you know, you just publish something. You want to send an email to everybody, let them know that uh, they did it or, you know, that you put it out there. Um, So I've been sending an email once a week, uh, almost without fail since 2009, 2010 (laughs) in there somewhere. Yeah. (laughs) It's been a lot of fun. And then of course, all that content then gets shared out on social media. You ask people to like, comment, subscribe, share. Right. And so then the kind of ripple effects from there can get to a much broader audience than just the people that get on our email list or that we meet in day-to-day life.
0: Do you help people more like with their personal aspect or do you do finance? um corporate and business stuff too?
1: Yeah. Um, because I have that small business, you know, starting a business background, I work with a lot of entrepreneurs, small business owners, and because we kind of naturally jive together, but I, I have a ton of, you know, W2 employees that I work with as well, but I, I don't do like corporate finance. Like I'm not an accountant. I'm not going to come in and, you know, talk to them about, um, I don't know whatever corporate finance people talk about. Um, But if somebody like owns a business and they, you know, need help reading their P and L statement or, you know, something like that, I totally love doing that kind of work too with my, with my clients. And then, but the biggest thing is taking the personal and the business and making sure they work in harmony, even though they're separate for tax purposes and legal purposes and all those things. If the business isn't working for the business owner, we something's got to change. And so we need to talk about that too to make sure their personal goals, hopes, dreams with money and, out, and not related to money are being fulfilled by the business. And if they're not, what needs to shift there to make that happen?
0: Cool. So are there a couple of consistencies that you find with new clients in terms of, let's say like, I don't really want to call them mistakes because they might not know any better.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot. A lot people do money very similarly to each other, even if they use like one person uses an app, another person uses a spreadsheet. Somebody does it all in pen and paper. There's still it's kind of it's all almost the same, right? Like money comes in, money goes out. What you know, how how do you decide what to do with that? The thing that causes a lot of people a lot of heartache is when they're sharing money with someone else like a spouse, significant other, or they're trying to have a conversation with their parents about if their parents are planning accordingly for their own retirement, or if they're having difficulty, how, how do I help you? You know, those, those kind of things. And then same with kids, right? If you're older and your kids are adults, how do you have a conversation with them about money? And that's probably where most people just give up. They just don't have the conversation. They avoid it. When there are some really cool ways to have that conversation to do money together and to have it actually be joy giving and life giving. My husband and I are very different from each other, especially when it comes to money. He's the spender. I'm the saver, right? We were always fighting about it. And and that's very common. So we've, we've developed tips and tricks and tools that have helped us have better conversations around money, get on the same page. And we often share those with people. And then my mom actually moved in with us about 10 years ago. And so I also have had to help her with her money. And I share some of how that has worked for me too.
0: First-hand experience on all aspects. Though. Exactly.
1: <laughs> are you teaching them to your
0: child too?
1: Oh yeah, actually. So he just turned five and at, I just, we're trying to decide he's, has, he's had um, three piggy banks that are labeled the saving, the spending and the sharing. Right. And every time he gets you know, money, we decide which one it goes in. If he gets a lot of money, like a bunch of coins, we, you know, split it up between the three as even as possible. But now that he's five, we're trying to decide, does he take that and open a bank account and start having a tracking sheet where he knows how much he's got in that bank? Interest rates are still really low. Is it even worth it to go all those through those loops, you know, <laughs> to get that open? But it's really funny. He love he of course loves YouTube, like all little kids do. And one day he came to us and he's like, you know how to make more money? You dig in the ground. Because he heard them talking about mining for crypto. <laughs> and He thought mining was digging in the ground. So we had to have a long conversation about you make more money by providing value to others and they'll give you money in exchange for the value that you create. And he's still trying to wrap his mind around that. <laughs> Kudos to him, though,
0: for coming up with that correlation, right, mm-hmm. for understanding just what general mining is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so
1: who's your ideal client? Hmm. I love the person who was where I was when I met Mark, the name of my certified financial planner I started working with. So they're a couple years into uh, their business, into their career, right? They're making some money, they're, make, they're paying all their bills and they're trying to decide, okay, how do I make sure that this lasts that I'm thinking long-term, but I'm still keeping money available for the short-term in case I need it, right? To grow my business, to buy a home, to pay for my kid's college, like all the things that come up over the course of a lifetime, but still keeping that long-term in mind. And so they're at that place where they're starting to question, okay, I've got the temporary, right? Like I've got, I'm at least paying all my bills. I might still be paying off debt, but I'm I've, I'm, at least paycheck to paycheck, not going backwards, Okay, now how do I build, get off of paycheck to paycheck and build real wealth? That's when I love to step in and and chat with them. So kind of demographically speaking, that tends to happen when you're in your 30s or 40s, although it can happen much later, 50s or 60s. It often happens a couple years into starting a business or a few years into having a stable job, like career, right? Where you're in the same industry or the same uh, actual position for a while, Sometimes it happens right after a raise or a big sale, like, or selling a property. If you're a real estate investor, there's kind of transition moments in there where you're like, okay, I've got this money. Now what do I do with it? And so you use your blog
0: in email marketing and then the YouTube to get in front of those people?
1: Yeah. um, And our podcast too. And And also referrals have been an amazing source of new clients because somebody will experience the same life change we did, right? Like when we were working with Mark, we were telling everybody about Mark when we we sent so many of our friends to him. So we didn't get to pull on our friends and family as much after we started because we'd already sent a bunch of them to Mark, (laughs) including my mom. She's his client, not mine. (laughs) So, but like that kind of naturally happens because we're so different than most financial professionals, the way we work, how the solutions that we put together, those kind of things that people are like, I need to tell others about this. They don't even know this kind of thing exists. I got to share, spread the word. And then they will send people to our podcast, to our YouTube. They'll send them to our, our website where they can opt in and get on our email, you know, like all the things. And so that helps them make those referrals a lot easier. What's the name of your podcast? Wealth Wisdom Financial Podcast. So what are a few big goals that you have for the next year or two? Yeah, so we're expanding our team. We, um, It's my husband and I and then an assistant right now. And then we've got some out of house, you know, contractors that we work with, but we want some more in-house team members to help us, particularly with marketing, because it's such a big (laughs) job that we want, you know, uh, more to do more there. And then we're going to be starting to look for people to train to do what we do and work for us so that we're not the only ones generating the money. They can generate it too. That's fun. How would that affect your business? Yeah, it would grow a lot, of course, like if there's more people generating the revenue. But for me, it's more about stepping into the CEO role and exercising my gifts and abilities as a visionary, a leader, a mentor. I'm more than almost anything, a teacher. And so I want to like mentor, teach other people to do what I've learned to do over the last five years, especially as I've dug into this business. And so it just gets me more into my unique abilities and where I want to keep growing as a person too. What do you feel is your number one roadblock? I guess some of it's mental, right? Like (laughs) making sure I'm ready for those kind of changes. Um, But it it does also like come down to marketing. There's so much content out there and being in, you know, like believing in that there's so, there's so much garbage too. And the garbage often gets more views, gets more likes, more, you know, like all the things. I was like, really guys, this is not True, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> or it's only half true. If you got the full story, you might think differently. And so it's just hard to stand out in all the noise out there, especially in the financial sector, because you know, you got the big guys and their uh, advertising budgets, you know, and all those things that we just like, we're not going to outspend them on Google ads, for example. Unless you have the right keywords. <laughs> Potentially. <laughs> So, what's the
0: best advice you've ever received? Mm-hmm.
1: There's been a lot. I had a hard time with this question when I was thinking like of the maybe top three, which one should I share? <laughs> <laughs> Probably, the one that I come back to the most is the I like kind of the idea of calling or destiny, purpose. That you got to know that you know that you know that what you're doing is what you're meant to be doing. And somebody told me that and I was like, yeah, whatever. I'll I'll keep going. But then we did like this kind of spiritual fast, right? Like pursuing, okay, we think we're going to start a business. What does it look like? We want to spend some time just being intentional about it before we actually start writing a business plan or moving forward. And that was a game changer. We got so much like better vision, I think, and steps to move forward. And that no- sense of knowing that I've come back to so many times when it would have been easy to give up, to throw in the towel, to say, I'm done. Coming back to that sense of knowing deep in me that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And then to have a partner, you know, that's reminding me of that feeling. And then I remind him of that feeling when he wants <laughs> to give up has also been really critical. That was actually one of those top three that I was going to share is never do anything alone, always have others involved, which is really hard in entrepreneurship, but it's, that's been something that I've tried to do more and more because it is so hard, And but it's, it's hard because it's so important and it's so needed. It definitely helps when you have people with you, right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: What's the best advice that you've ever given?
1: Yeah, so I I give those two to a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> the related to finances, uh, people tell you all the time, know your numbers, right? You gotta, you know, track things. You gotta, you know, all those things. But so many people just dive straight into the numbers that, and then they just get bored or they get frustrated. They give up. As especially people with that entrepreneurial spirit, you know that. They love mission, vision, goal kind of thinking. I love before I look at my numbers to revisit where I'm going, where I've set my sights, some of those goals, some of those dreams, some of those visions um, for the long-term, for the short-term, right? Like all the things. And then I can turn to my numbers and I can, I will track them better. I will move them around better. I'll make better decisions because I've got that thinking of where am I going, In my head first and then i can i I can i have that vision i've got that excitement and that pours over into my numbers and i do my numbers better because of that i like that just to like refocus
0: right like all right
1: where are we going again oh okay Mm -hmm. so am i in the right
0: spot (laughs) exactly what are your thoughts on women in entrepreneurship and finance
1: oh we need more of them so many more of them there is progress being made Like when I first started looking at the certified financial planner designation, I think it was like around 20% of CFPs are women. It's become like 24% or 25% as of the last date. I forget the exact number, but it was making progress, which is still really low, though. We need more. (laughs) (laughs) And more and more women in general are taking the lead in their finances, whether because they're single, divorced, you know, widowed, or because they're just. The, that person in their relationship, and they, the we know this as women. We have a different conversation when we're talking to other women than when we're talking to men. It's just different, right? And so to have a woman to talk to about money when you're the you're leading your financial story is a total game changer. And I actually love when I get to work with women of of all those you know examples I shared, you know, single, divorced, widowed, um, the lead of their finances, because it's they, they've never talked to a woman before, usually about money, or if they have, it's been in a male dominated company or industry. And so I get to like, have my cre- creative, you know, womanhood on full display. I don't have a man over me, like telling me I have to sell a certain way or have this certain conversation. And it's just so much fun. I I hope there's more of that in the future. What would you like to share about becoming
0: your own banker?
1: So this is that part that a lot of people don't hear anymore. They hear the conventional buy term and invest the difference. And that's coming from banks, investment firms, right? That want you to bank or invest with them. But there's a counter narrative that's been around for hundreds of years that uses a thing called whole life insurance in a very particular way to take over the banking function of your life and your business so that you can reduce the interest you pay to the bankers, you can reduce the volatility that most people experience in the stock market through the ups and downs, and you get other um, advantages with taxes and protection for your family and all that kind of thing too. And just most people never encounter those words um, or they only encounter the conventional thinking about those words and um, that might be a lot of people listening and they might want to stop <laughs> listening right now. But the biggest thing I encourage folks to do is explore it, see if it's a good fit for you and if it could help you, especially in business to take control of your own money and not have to go groveling to a bank if the, in an emergency or in an opportunity situation. Which would feel better too. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Because I mean, that's what I experienced, if I can tell a quick story. So we started working with Mark, he introduced us to this idea of uh, taking over the banking function in our lives, using whole life insurance, we adopted it. And then a couple years later, we actually had a big emergency come up, there's a flood of our business, we had to close our doors. And of course, there was, you know, business interruption insurance, Um, you know, the landlord had the building insured, you know, all those things. So we were going to get paid back for some of that, but we still had to pay the rent and pay, you know, run payroll and take care of our employees and like personally put food on the table. And if we had never become, you know, set up our banking function, you know, with Mark through the life insurance we would have had to go into debt or you know, uh, credit cards, go to a bank, try to get some money. But instead, we got to use our own money and get through that time. And it was because we got through that and we could show the business is profitable, that you know, it can get through an emergency like this. That's why we're able to sell it. We sold it three or four months later because I actually found out I was pregnant just after that flood. And so it ended up being not just like it got us through the emergency and kept us out of debt, but it showed that we had a healthy business. And that made it a lot easier to sell.
0: Which is super helpful. (laughs) Where can you help people? Like where in the world would your clients need to reside?
1: Yeah. So we do have an online community that anybody anywhere in the world can uh, join and be part of that. Um, We do a lot of mindset work there as well as. Um talking a lot about how to build a business that works you know for for you personally and also works right generates profit and all of that um so it's for anybody and then the one on one work that I do or the two on one right um with a couple or you know something like that with families nope, to I do that mostly in the United States or for u s citizens living abroad, okay is there anything that you'd like to share with us that we haven't talked about yet? Yeah. So if you're like in with some of what I'm saying, um, particularly that whole idea of you revisit your goals, your hopes, your dreams before going to money, I actually have a tool uh, that I put out into the world for free to help people do that. Um, It's called the still method. And it's um. It takes you know 30 seconds to learn. Still is an acronym. Um, S stands for set your sights, right? Remember where you're going. T is track your in and out. Okay, now look at how your money's come in and gone out of your life the past you know week or the past month since you've done your last still practice, and then inspect your progress as you're tracking your in and out, getting you closer or further from where you set your sights, right? So track your in and out, or track your in and out, and then inspect your progress, and then the First L is look for the 1% adjustment. Most people try to make too much change too quickly and it doesn't stick. But if you make small micro adjustments, they actually stick and can change and you can see better progress that way. And then the final L is live deliberately. You know, Take that 1% adjustment, put it into practice, and then you come back and repeat it all over again the next week or the next month or however often. So it's something you could start doing today, um, but we also have a, a download on our um, website where people can get our, like, here's the questions to ask for each one of those stages that you could journal about or have a conversation about as you go. Fun. And what's the website? It's wealthwisdomfp, for financialpodcast.com, slash still, S-T-I-L-L. Great. So is there anywhere else that we can go to learn more about you and what you do? Yeah. If you look for Wealth Wisdom Financial on podcast or your favorite, sorry, your favorite podcast platform or on YouTube, you'll find us there.
0: Great. Well, thank
1: you so much for being
0: with us today, Amanda. Thank
1: you for having me. Have a great day and we'll keep in touch. You too. Thanks. Thank you
0: so much for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe and leave some love through a review and I'll catch you on the next episode.